Well, welcome to another Scotland's Choice Westminster Roundup. I'm Drew Hendry MP. And I'm Brendan O'Hara MP. And I'm Kirsty Blackman MP. And we have a special guest that we'll introduce you to you in a minute. But Brendan, what are we talking about today? Well, as always, PMQs, if we record this on a Wednesday. So it's PMQs today. It was Mary again taking yeah. taking centre stage. It was great. But also because it was Deputy. So Deputy Day. Deputy, it was deputy, deputy, deputy Day. Deputy Day. Uh, we'll go back talking again because we are pinging and ponging with retained EU law. Of course, that comes back on Monday. We're yeah. going to be talking a bit about the boundary changes that are going to be kicking in at oh, the end of, of this month. Um, and given that we've got our special guest, we're going to be talking about Wales. Wales? Well, that's uh, unusual for a Westminster Roundup, but very important. Brendan, you want to introduce our special guest? Well, our special guest is a particularly special guest, a very, very, very good friend of the SNP. A very no. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stop you there. No, he is. I, he is a very good friend of the SNP, and as a good friend, he can actually introduce himself. So <laughs> tell us who you are. So well, I'm Ben Lake, MP, uh, the member parliament for uh, Um and very very honoured to be on the show. Um, I'm pleased to say that I'm a big fan of the SNP. We won't talk about the football. <laughs> we are going to talk about the football because obviously. One one of the things we want to do while we've got Welsh here is stereotype you as a Wrexham fan. Fan of the whole of Wales. <laughs> of the Wales. these days. I mean, you know it says Aberystwyth, but let's, uh, <laughs> let's just show the Wrexham. So, I mean, it's been a big uh, TV event, hasn't it, for, for really, Welsh football? Yeah, really, really has. Um, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McEnany uh, both had a few years ago now, and it's almost been, well, like a, a movie plot, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since they've uh, managed to get promotion this year. Came close last year, but fell the last hurdle. This year they've been promoted. Um, they had a fantastic postseason sort of celebratory tour of Las Vegas, I think it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the photographs up there is only a lot of fun up in Las Vegas and the States. But uh, you know, what they've done for the sort of profile of Wrexham, mm-hmm. yes, of course, but also Wales has been quite mm-hmm. special. You know, mm-hmm. I was out in the States at the beginning of the year, and that's all that everyone wants to talk about, you know, from the guy driving the taxis, the people at the hotel, they said, Oh, you're from Wales? Ah, oh, Wrexham. Because <laughs> there's a big, big show up there. So yeah, they've yeah. really increased the profile of Wales. Well, how does it work then? Do you remember a few years ago, Welsh club football was a bit of a joke? And then the national team became really, really influential. Uh, and then some, Cardiff and Swansea. Some very strange looks there from Ben <laughs> taking it down. Cardiff and Swansea became, you know, Premier League clubs and and it was always this idea that Wales was a rugby country, not a football country. Is that changing? I think it is, yes. Um, there's been a sea change, I think, in terms of the club game in Wales. Uh, grassroots, you know, there are women's teams now, um, I'm glad to say, and across Wales, sprouting up. The leagues are really becoming a lot more competitive because you know, a great number of players, it means more teams, more condition. It's, you know, it's really quite exciting. Um, and to give them credit, the Football Association, Football Association of Wales, um, FNW, have really identified the importance of grassroots. And, and um, you know, they've developed a fantastic, or helped develop a fantastic app, which uh, on every Saturday, it is updated in live time. So from your sort of cost cutter, Kennedy Beyond Division 2 fixtures, they will update the score in live time uh, with all the top scorers, the details, player profiles, down to... You know, the bottom tier. <laughs> so Lampard of Reserves, my old uh, my old side. You know, they are there, they're being updated in, in lifetime. Uh, yellow card <laughs> substitution. <laughs> uh, 
uh, up to the top then, to the, to the uh, payment. Well, uh, listeners, welcome to Scotland's Choice well, Football could Radar. I, could I just throw <laughs> in <laughs> this is really important yeah. because a really, 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 really good friend of mine, uh, Professor Laura McAllister, who was the captain of the Welsh ladies team, and she's now on the executive board of UEFA. Yeah. And so, yeah, so as, as I, I ref- bask in her reflective glory. We, the, we're talking about football just a bit. Of course, this is about confidence and things like that. It's about uh, showcasing Wales and, and things. And so why it's important. But I want to turn to you and your, you know, the politics here at Westminster. You're, you know, known as one of the hardest working MPs here, obviously almost it's hard working as the three of us, uh, <laughs> but but you're you're known for that, and you you like to go in for deep dives into the subjects, don't you? You're, you're good at that, you know that that going right down to the well, the depths of an issue. And I, well, you 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 have the rumor has it you're a qualified scuba diver. Uh, I am deep sea scuba diver. <laughs> no, 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 so thank you for that torture. How did you? <laughs> how did you get into that? Did you wake up one morning and think, right, I want to go scuba diving? What, well, what, what happened? It's, it's almost as, as random as that. But my my godmother uh, did a lot of scuba diving, and uh, very kind one holiday. But when I was about ten or eleven, and um, she said, oh, why don't you try, um, you know, scuba diving with me? And so tried it and I liked it and then one thing led to the other I then did my sort of hobby uh, open water and then for a time as a teenager I was quite keen and uh, quite active and sort of super diving and then did my next qualification which is the advanced and then deep water diver and then the peak performance buoyancy but yeah although I have to say there's a great difference scuba diving in the Caribbean yeah oh, and, uh, yes. A, a flooded quarry in Leicestershire. <laughs> yeah, I did my last exam, and I maybe because of that, I haven't been for quite some time. Okay, you are cheating though, yeah. because it's six foot four. Yes, I'm happy to go down that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better get into the politics, and maybe those skills could have helped rescue Oliver Dowden, who was sunk at BMQs today. I mean, if we'd been moving from the football, I could have asked you to kick us off. We have discussion <laughs> on um, PMQs. What did you make of PMQs today, Ben? Well, I mean, the, the star act was married at the end. You know, um, it's often the case whenever Mary Black is... Deputy PMQs, we should... Sorry, yeah, Deputy Prime Minister today. But whenever Mary's on her feet, um, you know, you, you get the sense that half the chamber is listening in, in anticipation. The other half are quaking in their boots. <laughs> um, and uh, same was true today. You know, she really took uh, Elder in the park, I thought. And, yeah. And, uh, I like the line about you know, uh, Prime Minister and his luxury helicopter. You think these are the you know, the tax cut the rich, squandering uh, twenty odd billion pounds uh, in, in fraud and uh, to the COVID contracts. You know, are these really the priorities? And what, wasn't it bizarre that, regardless of your thoughts on the royal family, he came back with the coronation of two hundred and fifty million pounds? That was his answer to the pomp and elegance, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. It was utterly bizarre. I mean, he he, he was so wooden. And so stilty that everything he did, not just in response to Mary, clearly he has a script writer who thinks that this is a top gag. And no matter what the question was going to be from Mary, this was going to be the answer. And it, it fell. Well, it's flat. Pretty, uh, yeah, it was quite cringeworthy, actually. Yeah, it was to be in the chamber this afternoon. But Mary's making some points about cost of living. I know that's, you know, really. Uh, important for your constituents as much as it is for ours. It's, it's the biggest item that you know oh. people are concerned about. Oh, without doubt. And you know, you you guys don't know from your post bags, you know, but this is what people are worried about. Um, there was a research out yesterday, um, which sadly showed that kind of digs my constituency. Second, 
constituency in Wales in terms of child poverty. Oh. 30.7%, I believe, of uh, children living in Kerbyk are in, in poverty, you know. Um, and that's on top of then the issues that you have in rural areas when it comes to eating costs. I know, Drew, you, will, you, know, you yeah. know quite a bit about pressures off grid properties, um, yeah. you know, and uh, at the moment, there doesn't seem to be any interest uh, from the yeah. UK government. Even though people situation. are being crushed oh, yeah. by some of the costs. I mean, the sun's shining just now, but we know that the bills are going to start coming around just now, you know. The, the, and even when the sun shines, sometimes as you know, in rural constituencies, it can still be cold. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it, it's just one of these things that just has been ignored, and we know it's going to come around again mm. pretty soon. But we've got mortgages going up, oh, we've got interest oh, rates highest that you know levels of the in the G twenty almost, and uh, you know it's just the, it's mm. it's something that they should be spending more time. Yeah, uh, on this. I, I, I agree, Ricky. And you know, on the energy side of things, you know, this is exactly the time that government that had a care for pressures on sort of uh, normal families mm. would be coming up. Right, this is a powerful winter. This is how we're going to try and keep people um, warm uh, this yeah. coming winter. Also, as we said, Jay's talk about right, what support to those who were fortunate enough to be able to get homes, but now find themselves coming out of the mix. That ice might be four times, five times more expensive mm-hmm. um, than it was previously. And, and we, know that, we know that food price costs are one of the biggest uh, barriers for people just now, you know, particularly basic foods, things that uh, the, the poorest in our society are actually using most, have gone up the most. Inflation is that. And we know from uh, independent examination that one of the reasons for that has been Brexit yeah. and the additional tariffs that that's brought in uh, to bring it in. And we have uh, this uh, going through Parliament again about oh. the laws, the Euro- European laws. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be every week we seem to be talking about them saying the EU law bill. Uh, and no wonder it's, it's that important and it will be that significant. Uh, we are now in the process of what uh, what we call here ping pong. It's coming between the Lords and the Commons, and it's coming back from the Lords on Monday again. It's been amended in the Lords, and the government will look to strip out those amendments. Now, well, what the amendments are, that are coming back are fairly moderate and, 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 and what they hope to achieve. But again, this mob will just strip them out and they will just batter on with that because it's this is an this is political, this is an ideological crusade. They know the damage that Brexit is doing and they are taking the calculation that it is a price worth paying for this nonsense of taking back control. Do you, do you think, Brendan, that the Lords will hold their nerve? Do you think that they will capitulate and will end up with the bill being the one the government wants? Or do you think the Lords are going to keep I think essentially it will be the, the bill that the government wants it to be. Uh, I think they got the, the, the Lords have put in a, a number of amendments uh, which have been stripped out. Um, there may be a tinkering around the, the edges, very you know small level of change, but essentially there's a the EU law bill is going to go through as the government and, wants it. Just to explain why this is so important that you know that we we're able to get these protections that exist through the EU. So this is stripping away of powers from uh, Wales and devolution. It's stripping away of powers from uh, Scotland, but it's also people's rights. You mm. know, this is you know about yeah. the, you know the issues that uh, you know cover your uh, rights and the regulations of things that uh, that we've come to rely on. Uh-huh. You know, for all in almost every aspect. Oh yeah, I think I, that that's that's why I. I don't think people are up in arms about the retaining the EU law bill at the moment because 
the protections that they have, whether it's environmental protections, food standard protections, worker rights protections, uh, parental leave protections, you know, all of that stuff, they just take for granted because almost everybody, you know, if you have to be over the age of 50, probably 60, you know, to have it impacted on you, you've just assumed that it's always been there when you need it and you won't know it's not there until you turn to look for it and it's not there and that's what this is going to happen. And so four, five, four, five years, whatever down the line, are going to say, well, wait a minute, why am I eating hormone-injected beef from mm -hmm. Australia? You know, wh why are my, well, I was going to say, why are my rivers full of whatever mm -hmm. rivers are full of, but they move quickly. <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> but there's all of these things, yes. environmental protections, food stand protections, water rights protections, are all being stripped away in this fantasy of taking back control. I mean, there is something as well, you know, I, I agree with Brendan. Sadly, people won't realise until it's too late. Mm -hmm. And I, it sort of reminds me of the situation with the, the, the Brexit bill, uh, the original, it was Boris oh, Johnson, yeah. Melvin Rennie, Bill Ware, um, and particularly as it related to, you know, stripping Parliament of uh, any, say, in trade deals or what have you. I mean, we, we don't have a say. Is taking well, back you, only have to, you only have to look at how they capitulated over the Australia. It's out there, you know. The, the, the government insiders were describing Boris Johnson just throwing everything away. Yeah. Uh, from there's no control there at all. It was just uh, abandonment and desperation. Mm -hmm. And yes. I, you know, it was it, it was quite striking when some of those legislation or bills that were going through Parliament, uh, yourselves, by Cymru, you know, a few other parties were kind of. Crying out like, hang on, this is a terrible deal. Yeah. No, you're yeah, swinging yeah. around. Your farmers must be outraged. Yeah. But at the time, you know, I remember, you know, sadly, a few of them sort of had bought into a little bit of the propaganda of the press, mm -hmm. um, sort of spout out. And, and I'm afraid to say that the lack of outrage at the moment with the European bill, I, part of it, I actually uh, attribute to poor press. You know, mm -hmm. they're not shouting, well, hang on, this is what it means, people. Mm -hmm. And just like with some of these trade deals, it's only when it's been signed, passed into law. People realise, hang on, we've just been for mugs here, mm. um, and uh, I don't remember anybody uh, on the Leave campaign saying, "Oh, well, Brexit, Brexit, you'll, uh, mm. you know, we'll strip your rights." Indeed. Mm. But the other thing that's being stripped away, um, particularly from Wales, but also from Scotland, is uh, representation here at Westminster. So they say this uh, Parliament, this uh, union of equals, and yet we've got seats being removed, particularly harsh in Wales. Yeah. So. Wales, uh, for those who aren't familiar, currently send 14 MPs to, to Westminster. Once, well, after the next election, we'll send 32. So we lose eight seats in total, um, which is a fair chunk. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, it's also the case that uh, the constituencies, whilst uh, geographically uh, difficult to represent, you know, they, they have had to um, cut fairties in half in some cases just to make up the quotas. And, uh, well, that's what that's what the my seat's actually being abolished in the boundary changes uh, legislation as well, which is coming through. And that's what they're going to do with us. They're actually splitting the city of Inverness up and putting uh, one half, one bit of it with uh, Murray and Elgin and the other part of it with Sky. It's uh, and you know they, for all the fact that these are lovely places and you know the, the that uh, you know they're, they're engaging people and we have lots of rural things in, in common. There's very different needs in those different parts mm -hmm. and those massive notes constituencies and you must be you know finding that wheels as well oh my goodness yes i mean the um so my, my seat will uh stay but it'll extend basically um down to 
almost a certain type of temperature. Mm. Um, so just think of it as an idea. What's the so scale? so it'll be um, some emails commentators have dubbed it Kerediki Long because it'll 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 extend by some thirty miles in length. Mm. Uh, sorry, thirty five miles in length. So it'll be just shy of ninety five miles mm. from the northernmost village, mm-hmm. the southernmost village. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, it, it adds in uh, as yeah. part of it. You know, yes, there are similarities and communities, but if I consider Avalos, if I know the most town. Tishkag, which would be the southernmost uh, yeah. large town. You know, they're two very, very different town communities with different needs and challenges. Um, and you know, hopefully I'll be there representing them. But mm-hmm. whoever will be the MP would have a big job just catering to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and also something that this place hasn't really kind of discussed at all, especially for rural seats. Mm-hmm. How do you service them um effectively without additional resource? It's not a popular conversation. No, I, I will. I will take your carry diggy along, <laughs> and I'll give you a trumpet. I'm going to Butte and South Loch Alba, which is going to be what ten thousand square kilometres and twenty-three inhabited mm. islands. As you say, well, you know, get round that. Yeah, is just I, the way I describe it to to colleagues down here is: I have six commercial airports. Mm-hmm. I can fly. To six different destinations and never leave the constituency, and it's getting bigger. It, it is wow. an incredible, uh, you know, lack of respect. It's disinterest, mm. um, you know, to Scottish and Welsh communities that should be making this change. At the same time, they're telling us the unionists will be all the end of The same time they're doing that, they strip away the, these ten seats, and, and where are they going? Sorry, saying that, you know, and, and this is the thing that the reals are trying to steal this bill. I always act rather. It, it kind of did away with the old system where you had four boundary commissions um, in the United Kingdom and each could have a different electoral quota. It said, no, now we're just having one electoral quota for the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what that's the danger of that now set in a precedent, unless you know, future UK government changes, and I don't think they will, um, that the next boundary review, Wales probably lose four seats. Not because there'll be fewer people in Wales. Because they'll be growing slower from the southeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And and this whole thing has been a crude numbers game from the start. Yeah, there's no understanding of geography, topography, culture, history, past, community. Nothing. It's based purely on numbers, and that's why you know they cut into mess in half mm-hmm. because they need the people. You know, <laughs> and because you live across the it's road, a, it's a numbers game. But 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 just before you make that point, the really annoying thing is that they can no can. Uh, cognizance of the fact that Inverness is the fastest growing city. There's a percentage of population in Europe at the moment. And and the, there's no up-to-date data to show that those, those figures are using are wrong. You know, yeah. flatly wrong. Sorry, guys. No, no, that, that, I kind of made the point, though. Yeah. It's a crude numbers game. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one which, as you say, uh, why why they cannot take cognizance of Wales' needs, Scotland's needs, or yeah. Northern Ireland's needs, you know, Everything has to be this one side. And in terms of representation, right? I mean, historically, um, over the last, well, over my entire lifetime, certainly, Mm -hmm. Scotland doesn't get the party it votes for, right? Mm -hmm. Scotland regularly does not get the party Mm -hmm. that it votes for here. Now, given that we're going to have an even smaller percentage of the seats, so that's yeah. going to be magnified even more. Yeah. And I mean, you guys have just got no hope. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, so Wales, um, Wales only voted uh, Conservative once in the 1860s, I think. Yeah. You know, and since then, they've had a government that, uh, in Westminster that has um, 
um, representatives. But the, you're right as well. The problem we've got now is that for Wales, at least, mm-hmm. um, however frequent uh, the next boundary uh, will be, we'll lose even more political influence and power mm-hmm. in Westminster. Yeah. It's one way street. And you've got that you've got that position where you talked about where a growing population in England means it's just always going to continually yeah. dominate. And we've seen this playing out in uh the, this England gets what uh, what it wants in Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland won't oh, yeah. have other issues. Yeah, no, but we'll be a, a, a union of equals as long as we agree with the centre. Yeah. You know, yeah. as long as as long as you follow what the big guys say. Then we're a union of equals, but yeah. don't try and branch out or do anything <laughs> innovative on your own because at the minute, you know, I always say, you know, that, that, that Scotland and the UK's interests, you know, when they bump, when they, they bump along together quite fine, everything's great and there's a union of equals. But the minute they diverge, there's only ever mm-hmm. one winner, which says this is not a union of equals. And that must be playing out in Wales. And, and I'd be really interested, Ben, to, to get your thoughts on. The Welsh independence movement, because we see a lot of it on social media. Yes, Cymru, and you know the, the the stats which they produce in terms of you know fifteen twenty years ago, it was maybe five six percent of Wales Welsh people were pro independence. Mm-hmm. Now it seems to be what twenty five thirty percent. Is that is that your understanding? Yeah, how it seems. It is. It's it's uh, it's, it's quite uh, remarkable, really. You know, yes, somebody. Um, Sort of inspired really by the 2014 Scottish independence referendum. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a real uh, trigger point for us, and um, they've managed to just grow incredibly um, in terms of membership. And they've been, even you know, on either side of COVID, they've been organising large marches, um, independence marches. They've, they are, in my opinion, uh, to thank for putting independence, you know, bang in the middle of the Welsh political agenda. Um, and they're having their conference now in Aberystwyth, in my constituency, Saturday. So we'll see that. And, um, you know, they, they are doing a lot of good work. They're helping commission a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And yes, Pride as well. You know, you should remember, Pride also do a lot of work. Um, <laughs> and in terms of sort of commissioning economists, kind of play uh, papers on what an independent Wales mm-hmm. would look like, how would we fund services, pensions, what have you. You know, we work in good synergy together, but they are nevertheless you know, non-political um, are you finding are you finding that independence is getting more traction just now? Um, you know, maybe not in polls necessarily, but in terms of um, in terms of what we speak to and things, because because of the cost of living crisis and because of how people are feeling and how much they're being squeezed, do you feel like people are actually hoping for a better future and independence maybe that better future? Definitely, without a doubt. You know, people are considering thirteen odd years of of uh, conservative government yeah. at Westminster and. Uh, take a look at you know take a look, look around the communities uh, their own circumstances and think, you know we are worse off and and young people in particular mm-hmm. you know, they, they are told and feel and live it every day that they're not going to be as prosperous as their parents yeah you know they are um, looking around and thinking some of them are still perhaps holding a candle out for labour in, in Westminster but my suspicion is if Keir Starmer is Labour uh, coming to government next year or whenever. Um, they'll soon realise that actually they're not the white knights uh, well, the riser, and that's going to really yeah. propel uh, the Welsh independence campaign even more. Well, they, they, they can't be the white knights because the policies are exactly the same. You yeah. 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 We've said this on num- numbers of yeah. podcasts in the past. But I, like, I remember years ago going down to campaign for, for Plaid and 
going to enter those sort of non-Welsh speaking areas of Wales and the response you got was there was there was huge pride in being Welsh. There was great belief in Wales. But the, the response you got time and again was uh I'm not going to play because I don't speak Welsh. Yeah. And it is, it, I think that must be shifting now. Yeah, I think the parties moved away from that because they were the party of the Welsh language. That's how it came across yeah, to me. That was no, it, it definitely was of the decades. Um, uh, the party really campaigned heavily on on right to the left language. What's great is actually that that sort of struggle has been won. Uh, and now you know it, it's a case in Wales that language isn't a political football. You know, um, and I say this actually with you know, with a little bit of uh, pride. Conservative Party, the Labour Party, um, even when they were there, UKIP, you know, all would speak Welsh in the chamber in the Senate, um, mm-hmm. because they saw that it was something that they all could sort of spit in. And I think that's healthy mm-hmm. because so, uh, for the party then, Plaid, I mean, there's a, an opportunity now in, in the sort of traditionally non Welsh speaking areas where we know for a fact that uh, a high number of Labour voters uh, are in support of Welsh independence. So what we now need to do is go to those Labour uh, supporters and say, look, if you support independence, Labour Party ain't going to deliver it to you. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, yeah. they, they are a unionist They party. can't, they won't. They no, no interest. Well, the same way that they have no interest in the joining the EU. It's, yeah, it's not going to happen. We see in Scotland that um, polling consistently shows that people really trust the Scottish Parliament, they really trust the Scottish Government to deliver for their needs, to deliver for the things that matter to them. Um, and we talked already about the boundary changes, but you know, it feels like in this place there's been attack after attack on devolution. Um, does that play in the same negatively in Wales as oh, it plays in Scotland? Massively. Um, you know, there's been uh, well recently there's been the um, kind of UK government acting for England decision uh, with regards to the deposit return scheme. Yeah. Um, and you know that's something that has actually united uh, Labour and I come in Wales um, sort of outrage. Uh, and actually, actually, put this message is quite right. You know, the outlier here is England. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> and uh, but also what what we found find quite a bit is that um, UK government and those who are critical of devolution will mercilessly attack public services, um, health, uh, NHS in particular, without any consideration of the responsibility that they have in central government for effectively funding. You know, services yeah. in Wales. You know, they're the ones that give us the budget. Sadly, we don't have um, the tax raising powers that we would like uh, to be able to make a big difference. We are quite dependent on on the Welsh background that comes from Whitehall, and they have no interest whatsoever. We talked to them about poverty. You know, it's quite galling to see conservative politicians uh, try to lay the entire blame on with this poverty. At, 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 at the so, although although what our powers are, you know clearly limited in Scotland and um, and we need independence as a result. Um, you know, we have got that little bit more flexibility um, and still got to run a balanced budget and stuff, but we've got a, a, a bit more flexibility in terms of spending and stuff like that, which means that Scottish government's doing a huge amount of mitigation, particularly around child poverty. We've got a child poverty strategy. Here at Westminster, there's not even a child poverty, an anti-child poverty strategy. There's not even a plan yeah. to try and get people. And I mean, I don't know, you're talking about the the massive percentage of kids living in poverty in Ceredigion. How can it be not a top issue for people? How can mm. they justify not putting this at the top of the agenda? Because I mean, these parents haven't done anything. They don't, you know, it's not their fault that they're in this situation. But the government's here is just absolutely refusing to step up. Yeah, and then you know, on the very local level, you know, the, the local authorities run back by company, 
um, and you know they're expanding the free school meals for mm-hmm. children um, faster than there's a national sort of requirements, and um, you know, they're trying to do as much as they can with the powers and, and legal resources that they have at the county council level. It, it's all yeah. about mitigating it is. choices of Westminster, it isn't is. it? And, and like we said earlier, there's not any different proposals from Labour coming up here in terms yeah. of... We, 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 so we, we, we've got devolution going on mitigating and being stripped away and yeah. attacked at the same time. You know, where are the big plans? You know, the big idea of it from UK Labour about how they would take the welfare system, for example. Mm. Yeah. You know, well, they've abandoned it. Well, they've abandoned it. Yeah, yeah. And they have a situation, this peculiar situation, uh, when, as regards Wales, that they, they will decline to, you know, to think about devolving any administration of, of the welfare yeah. system to, to, to the West Parliament. They'll decline the very thought of um, devolving powers of the policing, justice, mm-hmm. uh, rehabilitation of offenders, probation. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they'll say, oh, I know we need the evidence. Well, mm-hmm. that long ago, a former Chief Justice of the UK Supreme Court, Heading up a commission reported back to say that we need to devolve mm-hmm. powers of policing and justice to it. Mm-hmm. The Labour Party still say, Oh, no, 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 it's not a mess. Mm-hmm. What more do they need? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we, we talk about what more do we need. We need probably an awful lot. More. Yeah, we don't have an awful lot more time to do it, so we're going to have to draw it to a close. I think you've enjoyed yourself. You seem to have enjoyed yourself. If you'd come back and speak to us a bit more, would be if you'd have me on. Yeah. Delighted <laughs> to have you on. But, but the, the final, final question is when can we expect to see Ben Lake back at Nationalist Five Asides in a trip? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> when, seeing as you've asked so nicely, Ben, then hello, next week. Next week. <laughs> right. You're on the team sheet. That's it, Ben. It's been an absolute pleasure. It really has. Thank you so much. It's been hugely lightning as well. I'm sure our listeners would have thoroughly enjoyed it. He was Brendan O'Hara. We're also joined by Kirsty Blackman, Andrew Hendry. Thank you for joining us another on another Scotland's Choice Westminster Roundup. You can catch more episodes of Scotland's Choice at scotlandschoice.scot. See you next time.